Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dewback Discussion Podcast. Your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews. With your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Mike Dolan. Welcome back to the Dewback Discussion Podcast. I am your host, Jared the Dark Jedi. Darth Id Mike Doling is elsewhere. Uh, however, we are joined today by Connor Chiquiti. What's up, guys? Staying afloat in that life jacket. And Somehow. Spencer Simpson, the Mando himself. Great to be back. Yeah, Mike is being a studious son of a gun. He yeah. informed us that he has some work to do on his summer thesis. And we can, do not begrudge him that at all. So he won't be with us, unfortunately, but uh, the rest of the gang is all here. And we've got some news for yous. I like that one. I like it. There's I, a lot of play on words that happen it, it, here. I didn't love it as it came out of my mouth. It, it was... It, yeah. I feel like in like a Joe Pesci kind of voice, that would have been a lot better. Like, <laughs> news for youths. News for youths. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, to start out, give them them slices of life. Connor, out the slices. Connor, um, would you like to cut your slice? Sure. Of life. It's going to be pretty big. But, oh boy. Um. No, I've just real really just been doing nothing. Um, working, watching all the Tarantino films in preparation for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Aha. <laughs> so that's so cool. excited. And I finally saw Midsummer. Oh jeez. Um, what do you think? Are you would? okay? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay, so here's the thing. When you guys told me, Oh, you'll want a um a G rated Disney film queued up at your house, like I took that to heart and I legitimately thought this movie was gonna be absolutely terrifying. And I'm sitting here I'm sitting there in the first thirty minutes or so. I'm just like, this does not feel like a horror film, which is good. Um, but it was funny. It was me and my friend were the only ones in the theater for the first, I don't know, half hour or so. And then like two other people came in and we're just like, damn it. We yeah. get it to ourselves. But um, he, um, I enjoyed it. I really did. I loved the heck out of it like literally when we walked out of the theater and into the car the first thing i said to him and i basically screamed this to him was holy fucking shit that was really good <laughs> um, i'm glad you enjoyed it i was um, and I'm like but the bet but like and then oh this gets oh it gets better i was going through youtube videos like reviews of it just mm-hmm. for the heck of it at like 1 2 a.m and I had this little thought in my head where, like, the first ten minutes and the setup of Danny's character felt, like, disconnected throughout the rest of the film. And then there was this one comment that went, um, the comment was, 
the death of her parents is needed for her to accept the cult as her family. Exactly. And yeah. the second I read that, I everything just connected. And I was just like, holy crap. That just made this film so much better. Um I was, you see, I was I always got that. Yeah. It's how we get there. <laughs> that totally like as soon as the movie ended, I think you leaned over and was like, She found her family. She she found her family. And I was like uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it was like the, this movie was more like unsettling than everything than anything. Um but when it got brutal and gruesome, it got brutal and gruesome. Like oh boy. I I can't think of another movie going experience, especially with you guys. That I've had like Midsummer, where all of us like are vocally going, please don't, please don't, please don't do the thing it looks like you're about to do. I don't want to see this come to fruition. That was Travis chuckling across the room in case Dude, legit, like when the sacrifices were happening. Like I knew they were going to happen because I watched the trailer, and there was that one point in the trailer where you see um, Danny's hand over her mouth, like in shock. So I'm like, oh, something's going to happen. And then I <laughs> see, see I it. watched no trailers. I saw no trailers for this whatsoever, deliberately. So everything that happened was a fucking shock to me. Yeah. So like when that ha- when like they jumped out, when they jumped off the cliff, and like he just showed us like the blood and the gore and everything, I was like, oh wow, this is super. Uh, this is super unsettling. Holy crap! Oh, it was whenever they gave but, him, gave them the Gallagher, the yeah. dude's fucking face. Just, just, I was. I was surprised. I was a bit surprised with how good it was going to be, with how good it was, and I'm happy it was that good. Yeah, I don't think anyone in our group came away uh, upset with it as a film. <laughs> I think it was just mostly everybody in our group was just disturbed by what we watched. I don't think anybody would have would complained about the it. craftsmanship of the film. Oh no, we we said before that yeah. some of the shots are just you know I was drooling pornographic. Some of the shots. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, the cinematography. But, was it's on the point. concept that gets me. It's the concept. Oh wait, 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 wait. I don't know if you guys heard. Oh wait, no, no, you did. You guys did hear because I put it in the chat. But for those that didn't hear, there is an extended version of this film in the works. That's going to be close to three hours. Oh, so, I didn't know three hour long cut of Midsummer. I'm in. I am I'm so in. Pumped. I'm no. pretty sure. Like, yes. there's no doubt. Yes, you are. Blu-ray. Yes, you are. Yes, no. you no. are. STS, you are watching. Nope. I'm so watching. I'm, I'm not. Dude, I'm I told that. you. I told you, Jared. I'm not going to watch that movie ever again. And I'm dude, probably I will watch never going to watch Ari Aster ever again. <laughs> Uh, who's yeah. so good though so it's probably it's most likely going to be on the blu-ray because they said they're re- they're showing the cut theatrically in like la or something in mid-august so that is wild i'm i'm excited me too <laughs> i mean i was buying this film regardless but oh yeah same that was that's just an added bonus right there um so yeah, uh, that's about it. I know a friend of mine who's big into horror. 
and he loved Hereditary. He hasn't seen Midsummer yet, so I'm excited to see what he thinks. I'm excited for your friend. Uh, moving right along, Spencer, how was your week, buddy? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I survived kids' camp. There were a few... Okay, so they on Thursday morning I go in, and they're like, oh man, Thursday is always the worst. It's like, how could Thursday be any worse than Wednesday was? Oh, I had to get a put. I, I, <laughs> I thought you were about to say I had to put a kid down. No, I had to. <laughs> I had to put a kid in timeout. I threatened. You know, this one kid was misbehaving. He wouldn't sit down with Mr. the rest Simpson, of the group. And I was. I was like, I, I, I said to him, I was like, come on, let's go for a walk. No, come on, come on, come on, let's go for a walk. And and like as soon as no, no, I'll be, I'll behave. I don't want to go for a walk. I'll sit down. Oh man, just kidding. It just sounds like something terrible is gonna happen on this walk. <laughs> I no, I was just, I wasn't gonna do a damn thing. I was gonna just like make him walk around the fort. I wasn't gonna say a word to him. I was just gonna like give him a second, get his thoughts together, get his jitters out, hopefully realize that he's in trouble, and then when we get back, maybe he'll behave. But I didn't have to. He. Just, he, it just sounds so ominous saying to a child, I'm going to take you for a walk. There won't be like, a beating on. stick involved like, at like, some point. It's like, come on, let's go for a walk. That's all I said. No, come on. Come on, let's go for a walk. It's like, time out. Time out didn't scare him. Calling his parents didn't scare him. Like this kid Those was are the a, kids that grow up that grow up to be like drug dealers and murderers. This kid was if a you serial flinch, offender. If you, if you, as a kid, if you don't flinch, I'm going to call your parents. You're gonna shoot someone in the head later in your life. If you don't flinch at that, you're, you're, there's gonna be a body to your name. So somehow I'm scarier than his mom. <laughs> I'm not a very scary person by nature. No, so, really. um, Jared. Yeah. How about you? Uh, this week was pretty decent. Um, as you guys know, no spoilers for the match itself. Uh, however, we uh, did get to get together to watch the uh, live match oh, from San yeah. Diego Comic Con for the movie trivia showdown. You know, I never thought that I'd actually be like emotionally invested in any of that stuff that you've been, you know, trying to subtly squeeze me into. Yeah, and I, and I don't think it'd be nearly as much fun unless I was watching with you guys. But that was so crazy. It was like I watching know. an actual sports. Match. That's what I was saying. Like, dude, like that was it. It turns into a sporting event, and I think seeing the, uh, I think seeing the journey that uh, Mike Kalinowski went on like helped you guys a lot realize just how much was riding on that match. Um, no spoilers for the outcome, uh, but it was a very very good match. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, good showings by all. There was also the undercard with. Uh, um, Adam Olavic and Kevin Smets, which was an equal, well, equally entertaining match. It was a very entertaining match. Um, I mean, it didn't have the stakes that a championship match has. So, but that was fun. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to publicly announce this yet, but uh, I'm going to be in Guys and Dolls as Harry the Horse in September. So, those of you who live in the area ish, come see Guys and Dolls at the Guyer Performing Arts Center. Uh, much, much, much excite. And <laughs> I knew I forgot a fucking story for Hall of Heroes. Put You're welcome. Travis, put put Red Sun in there. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was forgetting something. Um 
but yeah, this is very, very exciting. Very exciting to be in that show. Uh, great time watching the uh, live match with you guys. Looking forward to doing something like that again. Me too. Getting... That, like honestly, that could be an evening event. Just the next time there's a match, you call me over. <laughs> we watching the live events are so much fun. Um, but yeah, with that, I think all of the life slices have been done and dusted. I forgot one thing. Yes, oh. it's really not huge. Um, I recently upgraded from. Uh, I recently upgraded my phone. I got an iPhone XR. Part of, because it was part of a buy one get one deal, so that's pretty cool. Nice, that's always fun to hear. I'm happy. I literally <laughs> wrote out. No, dude, it was great because well, I didn't have this phone when I wrote out my midsummer review slash analysis, which which hasn't been published yet. I reminded TJ, but he's super busy, so I get it. Um. I was literally just walking around my house, just voice typing it because just every I could not stop thinking about this film. Heck, I still can't stop thinking about it. I might see it again. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I certainly want to. So that's a that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> I appreciate like, your Randy Jackson reference. Just, it really it just did it wasn't really that scary to me. It was more just satisfying it was any... neither scary nor satisfying to me just <laughs> frankly disturbing just like <laughs> well moving right along into our star wars news gonna knock out these first couple ones real quick before we get into san diego comic-con stuff yes um, so this first story uh that the rumor circling that one of the directors for the mandalorian uh, Rick Famuyiwa is in discussions to direct episodes of the Cassian Andor show. Uh, Lucasfilm, this is from Star Wars News Net, Lucasfilm is making use of the Disney Plus platform to allow directors of a variety of backgrounds work within the sandbox provided by the galaxy far, far away, as demonstrated with the Mandalorian's selection of directors featuring the likes of Rick Fumiyawa, Taika Waititi, Deborah Chow, and Bryce Dallas Howard. All alongside Star Wars veteran Dave Filoni. Trust the hat. It seems like they're so thrilled with what Fuyama has done with the two episodes of the eight-episode first season of The Mandalorian that they want him to come work on the untitled Cassian Andor project. Uh, should discussions between the two parties work out? Uh, according to, the, to, the, to a new report from Discussing Film, the director of Dope is in discussions to work on the Rogue One prequel, focused on the adventures of Cassian Andor, a spy that fight for the CIS during the Clone War. Uh, per their sources, discussing film have noted that Fuyama is involved with an undisclosed number of episodes, suggesting that he may have a lot of experience directing live-action Star Wars by the time that the second live-action Disney Plus show comes around. So, um, oh yeah, uh, discussing film also noted that Disney and Lucasfilm are said to be very happy uh, with the content that all five directors have been working on for The Mandalorian. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't have anything to gnaw on with The Mandalorian quite yet. Same. Yep. We have the uh, leaked first trailer that we saw from uh, Star Wars Celebration that seemed very, very promising. We don't know what all episodes those include. However, um, going off of his accolades from Dope, 
going off of um, this the general sense of hype floating around for um, <clears throat> pardon me a hiccup coming uh, all the hype coming in around Mandalorian this seems very fun and very good news uh, very excited for Cassian Andor um, I like the grittier side of the Galactic Civil War I like seeing same pardon me oh my god so many hiccups i love seeing the uh that 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 grittier less pretty side of the war with your cassians with your krennics with your thrones and stuff like that so seeing a version of this that is slightly less refined is very exciting um connor your thoughts friend um i'm really just excited for this i mean if he is doing the mandalorian and they trust him enough to do and they're confident in his ability to to direct star wars episodes that he's now doing some casting and or episodes i'm all for it i just want to see for i just really just need to see footage first so, yeah yeah i know i would like to see something that's not potato cam and also you know watch his episodes specifically a hundred percent um yeah i i heard a lot of good things about dope i didn't get to see it in theaters i don't even think it came to my local amc I Unfortunately, it. so, um, yeah, uh, moving right along here. Um, sorry, Spencer. That's all right. <laughs> uh, actually, you can keep doing what you were doing because Connor, I'm gonna let you take this next one because okay, this is so, all you, buddy. All right, so this is Galaxy's Edge, and on Star Wars News, not on Star Wars News Net, they have revealed the. Opening date for Star Wars Rise of the Rise of the Resistance um, ride, and it opens in Orlando on December fifth, twenty nineteen. Uh, what is that? Well, I can't do fifteen days before the premiere of Rise of Skywalker, and it it will go back to dis and it will appear in Disneyland on January on January in January seventeenth. Wow, I can't speak. Holy crap. <laughs> we all um, have episodes like that. Can't put a sentence together. There to save is your a life. poster. And let me tell you, when I saw this <laughs> poster, I was pretty hyped. This looked this honestly looks like it could be for a TV show, quite honestly. Yeah. Like it it it's it's so just full of everything. It has Kylo in the foreground. It has Kylo basically as the yeah. central character, which is pretty cool. Um, the uh, turrets, X wings. Pretty sure that's po- that's got to be Poe Dameron climbing into the X wing. You got BB eight. I mean, it's blue, so I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true because his isn't blue. Um, Adats, ATATs, whichever one, both are. I say you you watch your filthy horn mouth. That is yeah, an but both are both are canon. It doesn't matter. Um, X wings, the first order the star destroyer. What? Don't call them, do not call them Adats. This is the hill I'll die on. There are not many hills I'll die on. He's a with fucking Star casual. He calls them Adats. Gentlemen, please. <laughs> <laughs> we got um, so much else to talk about. I know. We I just, just yeah, we just got close. a bunch of uh, First Order Stormtroopers firing at probably Resistance um, soldiers. But that's not the thing that really has me excited for Galaxy. I was going to say, yeah, now let's talk about the part that Connor yeah. really wants to talk about. This is <laughs> it. So, 
on Twitter, there was this tweet that goes this with uh, from the account Liam likes Star Wars, and it and it says and he tweeted out the StarWars.com data bank says there is a vehicle on Batu named the Katuni. I swear to God, if Hondo named the ship he flies in in the Smuggler's Run ride after that little Jedi girl, I think I'm gonna cry. For those that don't remember or haven't watched the Clone Wars yet, which if you haven't watched it yet, why are you listening to this? Go watch the whole series right now. If you can find it, that is. Yeah. You'll be yeah. able to find it. Um, Go so, pirate it on like Katuni or something. Is one of one of five younglings from the Gathering arc in season five of Clone Wars. And when I rewatch Clone Wars... Uh, two summers ago, and that arc in particular, I, sh- I just fell in love with her character. Like there are, like you guys have probably experienced this, where you've fallen in love with really minor Star Wars characters at like first sight, and you can't explain why. You just did. This is one of those. This is one of those characters. I just, just for the record, I think he's he's not talking like a deeply sexual love. Because no. she's like 10. <laughs> yeah, no. I just wanted to, just wanted to clarify Dude, that. that would be... Mm, that would... Eh, that would be weird. Connor isn't... Oh, nope, nope, no. No. I'm not making that joke out That's, loud. Yeah. I'm going to get this show canceled. It's more of an admiration for the character. Because she's so cool. And her arc is great. Um, I knew what you meant. Yeah, I, I knew what you meant. No, no, no. no I, I thank you I didn't for the... Want, co- I didn't want anybody to misquote you. By yeah. saying, you know, yeah. do you ever just fall in love with a character at first sight without really knowing why? You know, I like thank Connor you for Chikini the clarification. Talking about a <laughs> yeah. uh, Star Christ. Wars character. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be like clickbait articles. Mm. Um, thank you for that. Um, so yeah, I'm, ex- no, no I'm excited for that. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's also just, one of my favorites. I just love the, the. Oh yeah, me too. I love how passionate you get about like the little group of younglings, Connor. There is just something so pure. Oh my god, dude, they're amazing. It. I want to see their story <laughs> conclude so bad, and I swear to God, like this is probably I, not going to happen. But if they show up in Fallen Order, and I get to see them, and Katu- if I get to see any of them, particularly Katuni, <laughs> fuck up an Inquisitor. <laughs> I will be eternally satisfied. I will. A- episode 9 might need to top that. It'll have to top that. I don't know if it will top that. Because holy shit. I, I, I just, uh, Oh, wow. I have a pretty decent guess what happened to the... <laughs> to the gathering no, no, no. I Padawans. know, I know. I just don't want that to... <laughs> there's no doubt they died during order 66 there's no doubt they were personally fucking murdered by anakin skywalker Connor. bro mm. okay i just love don't I, dwell on it we, I love, we, we I need won't. you to be at uh we need you to be a tip-top shape for the rest of the episode yeah. don't dwell on it connor i just i can't tell you how much i appreciate your excitement for this for this batch of characters I know I'm this way about, like, the prequel era Jedi Council. Like, I have this, like, really strange, like, love for that entire council. Like, each iteration of it, each member, I just... I know way more than I should about that's the true. Jedi Council of Oh, prequels. crap, that's another thing. Another character I've, I've really started to admire, and basically should be my Star Wars mom, is um, 
Depa Pala- Depa Balaba. I don't know. I, I, is that how you pronounce her last name? I've heard uh, Depa Balaba. Deepa Bilaba. Deepa Bilaba is how I've heard before. Bilaba. I like Bilaba I mean, better. Uh, yeah, um, I, I yeah. Yeah. I've deferred the... to Depa Balaba. I've heard more people say Depa Balaba. So. Okay. Because I started I with. getting into the um the Canaan comic. Yeah, that was really and good too. I read holy that. Holy shit, that's so good. And I'm just like, holy crap. I that hate that in Canada. Freaking amazing. I haven't I haven't finished it yet, so Oh, it's good. I mean you've seen Rebels, just, uh, so you know what happens. But. Great ca- <laughs> like dude, this is why I love the Star Wars comics so much because they could take you they could take like the really background Star Wars characters and give them an arc and a spotlight in the comics and it's just it's amazing. They, they are not they, they currently give them canon. Depth. It's great. But you know who my favorite, like, really niche character is? Who? Asherad Het. All right, I mean, that's a, dude. That's a good All pick, All right. That's a good that pick. is a great character. Like, he's so incredibly niche. Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, if the Clone Wars wasn't a thing, I probably would have said, like, Kiati Mundi or Plo Koon. But, like, they have enough of a, like enough people know who they are and they have enough of a personality written into the show yeah. that like I don't think you can feasibly refer to Plo Koon and Kiati Mundi as necessarily niche anymore like they aren't Agreed. as they mainstream have, they have their own episodes both of them yeah but like fucking Asherad Het oh, <laughs> like, there's just something Dude, his, so oh. pleasing about his whole existence because like I, I yeah I, I said before on here I don't know if you were on for this episode or not Connor when we were talking about what they could possibly do for an Obi Wan show and my thing was well, my whole thing was but like you could you could do Asherad Hat whenever because he fights holy Obi-Wan. crap if he showed up in the Obi Wan show I'd yeah play. if you do that story where like Asherad uh, like fights Obi Wan in the desert yeah and like I was so talking good I was only talking about that I on the air that a long story time ago is because of um the ultimate visual guide i think oh yeah yeah i remember yeah well, I, I learned that story from the life and legend of obi-wan kenobi i remember I seeing I him that. in the ultimate visual guide but i don't remember I reading I about that him playing obi-wan. i just have it is read so good I, so long i know exactly what you're talking about with the visual guide connor because it's like <laughs> it's like the the one picture it's like a comic book picture of asherod taken the helmet off yeah you're like like after anakin tells him about his mom yeah and he's like i i I must shred the tuscan i can no longer like in light of it and he's like taking the helmet off and he's got that 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 big glorious picture of him with his lightsabers oh yeah i know what you're talking about and that's that was my first exposure as well and it wasn't i think whenever you told me what happens to him later on i was like wait what you mean these two people they're connected what i remember reading that in legacy for the first time i was like wait a minute how <laughs> what? Like, you know what happens to asherad right yeah it becomes uh darth Krayt. Yeah. yeah it's like just the, for someone with no background just the timeline itself is really confusing <laughs> So, so you so you see at about fifteen BBY, he gets his right arm taken off, and becomes a bounty hunter. And at about three ninety ABY, he has both arms and is a Sith Lord now. <laughs> a 
explain that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> that takes a skilled storyteller. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if, and for those of you who hate listen, who think that we're just a bunch of Disney shills, we just talked about Darth Crate and Asher Redhead. You can kiss our whole asses. Moving I on. <laughs> I will, okay, I will say this with the whole EU. The only era of the expanded universe that actually interests me is um, the Old Republic. And possibly the prequel era. The post-Return of the Jedi EU, I tried to get into it. Nah, I just couldn't. I don't know what it was. There are concepts I like, like the Yuuzhan Vong and like some other stuff. Like there are definite concepts I like, but as a whole, I, nah, eh, I can't get into it. So yeah. if you if you guys want to, if those who are listening, if you want to come, come down, come at my neck, fine <laughs> freaking out about a fictional universe and my and one man's opinion over it but if you if if that makes you feel better hating hating on me for that go right ahead <laughs> yeah yeah it it i think it's the the ancient historian in me that but i've always been big fans of like the large units and by yeah. that i mean like the jedi order as like an established like order. gigantic order yeah with like a tent like a huge temple i love big temples with lots of space for everybody <laughs> and still some extra space for nothing at all yeah. you know I just and i think... love I, I just love the grandiosity of it you know like the entire jedi order versus the entire sith order you know pre-darth bane where there's like literally Hundreds of thousands does of lightsaber-building <laughs> <laughs> people just running around. You know, I just I love it. It's Same like idea. it's like the it's like the the Wild West of Star Wars. Yeah, pretty you much. Could run, much. You could run into anybody with a with a shooting iron and just I'll see you outside. Yeah, like I'm reading. Like, okay, well, I'm not currently reading because I have a bunch of other Star Wars stuff to read, but I have the Bane trilogy, and I'm like halfway through the first book. And holy fucking shit, it's so good! <laughs> oh my god, dude, the right dude. That, that's Drew before Carcation, he does a genocide, right? The, his the writing is just fuck. He might be my favorite Star Wars. Actually, no. Mm, you gotta might... compete with James Lucino with me, man. Yeah, he might. Okay, he might be my favorite. You gotta Star throw Wars out with James Lucino and Claudia Gray. He's not my Gray. favorite Star Wars storyteller. You, you guys will find out who that might go to later on in the show. <sighs> Um, but uh, j- his writing is just impeccable, and just the way he writes the Sith and their whole conf and their whole internal conflict is just give me all of it again. I, that kind of goes to Lucino with the Plagueis book, man. I have that too. That is all. And my Dark Lord: The Rise of Darth Vader, and Labyrinth. I or Labyrinth of Evil. I forgot. Um, I keep forgetting about not Labyrinth. David Bowie and his bulge Labyrinth. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. The rise and fall of the labyrinth. <laughs> rise and fall <laughs> of David Bowie's crotch rocket. Um, I am going to take this one because I love Kevin Smith. Do it. Oh my god. I, ju- I read this like five minutes before we started and I'm just like, holy crap. So this headline, uh, very exciting. I also watched the interview he gave with IGN when he uh, gave this quote. Kevin Smith was told that the final shot of The Rise of Skywalker will, quote, melt your mind. Kevin Smith is no stranger to being an unapologetic Star Wars hype machine, and that trend continues. (coughs) Pardon me. 
but in a slightly more specific way than in the past. While at San Diego Comic-Con, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot writer and director was asked about his visit to the set of The Rise of Skywalker. And Smith spoke, non-spoilers, but specifically about the final shot of the film, which leads us to believe that the very end of the movie may be a bit more than your standard end of a Star Wars celebration shot. In an interview with IGN at San Diego Comic-Con, arguably the biggest nerd convention on the planet, it came as no surprise that Kevin Smith, a massive Star Wars fan, would be asked about the upcoming final episode in the Skywalker saga. Now we are well aware that Smith has been a super hype guy, especially about Star Wars projects he has been able to visit over the years. It would be shocking to ever hear him say anything disparaging about them, to be quite honest. <laughs> but this was a bit different, as instead of generic hype words, Smith got specific, and without spoiling anything, revealed that the end of the movie, specifically the final shot, may be a pretty major reveal or surprise. So this is the transcript of the interview. IGN. Kevin, can you predict the last shot of episode 9? Maybe you've seen it. I have no idea. Smith. I haven't seen it, but I was on set. I went to London at one point and visited the set. JJ invited me because I had a heart attack. He wrote to me, you got to pull through, man, so you can come visit Star Wars. And I was <laughs> and I was like, can I be in it? And he was like, come visit. <laughs> so I pulled through and wrote him and wrote him back. Remember when you said, <laughs> said, remember when you said dot, dot, dot. And he was like, come on out. So I got to hang out on set, and there's a scuttlebutt about uh, there's a scuttlebutt about a set there on Pinewood. Okay, you at some point need to watch this interview. I don't know if you've ever heard Kevin Smith speak. Oh my god, I just realized you've not seen Clerks, Clerks One, Clerks Two, fucking Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, I just realized that there's so many movies you need to watch. <laughs> oh man, oh god, I'm just so excited now because I get to show you fucking Clerks. Moving on. Uh, so I got to hang out and be on set, and there was this scuttlebutt about a set there on a pine wood. There on pine wood, a big set. And they were like, "Hey, you have to see this. Uh, when you see it, it will melt your mind." And I was like, "What is it?" They were like, "Ask JJ." Again, this is a direct transcript. This is how he talks. <laughs> he gets so, so excited. So I asked JJ. <laughs> so I asked JJ. They keep telling me that I should see. I should see the set, and he goes, "Don't." I say, why? And he goes, it's the last shot of the movie. So I was like, now I really want to see it. And J.J. Abrams says, you don't want to be spoiled. You want to be in a theater when this happens. Trust me. And then other people on the crew were like, bro, I wish I hadn't seen it. I am glad I did. I'm glad I'm glad I did. I will. It will melt your mind for that reason alone. No matter how curious I am, I desperately wanted to go look. But when you talk to the magician and the magician's like, trust me on this one, you know, some, you know, sometimes as a human being, as human beings, we want to know how they pull the rabbit out of the hat. And JJ is such a magical magician. And I just, and I am just like, you know what? Trick me. I will wait to be tricked. Even though I could have seen it, what it was, I was like, I will sit back. I like your plan. He's never let me down so far. There are people in the world. Knowing what the last shot is, even if the movie is not fully cut at this point, I am not one of them. Uh, IGN says, I think it's beautiful that you didn't Luke. <laughs> didn't Luke look. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars on the mind. Uh, I wanted to so bad, but JJ is such a nice dude. Such a sweet guy. He said it with such sincerity. He was not like, bro, don't do this. He was just like, you don't want to. You want to see this in a movie theater. And he said it as a film fan. 
And at that point, I was like, I hear you. I hear you. I heard of it as a film fan. Um, so, yeah. Uh, oh, man, that excites me so much. I the, the fact that, like, Kevin Smith is all sprung on this. That's every. That's all I needed to hear. That is all I needed to hear. Um, but the fact that it's just the set. The set is it's all just the you set need. To know what the fuck is going on. And that excites and, and terrifies, terrifies me. <laughs> like that that's all it takes. It's just looking at the the backdrop of the scene. Ugh. Well, you were with me whenever I called into Steel Wars for my prediction. What if this is it? What if the thing he didn't want them to see is Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley sitting in the Millennium Falcon together? Oh. Huh. (laughs) I get this. Dismisses Raylo out of hand. No, it's not Raylo that I'm dismissing. It's the fact that there are enough people in the community that feel in their bones this is going to happen that... I feel like it wouldn't be much of a spoiler. It'd be like a oh that figures, and not it like could a be that. It, it could be that like... doesn't melt my mind though. Maybe it's just because I'm around you so much that the concept of Raylo doesn't especially no, like it something no that poignant surprises me. Especially something that poignant though. Like, no, no, it's not that poignant. Like if Ben is saved, then you know there's a decent chance that they'll go riding off into the sunset together or whatever, or go kick some butt or or. or, or you know, find love independently or together who knows but it's like the concept isn't that far out of my world that it would melt my mind see it i'm would... the one who's rooting for it and it would melt my mind to actually see it happen uh-huh. um no but it could be that i see and that's the weird thing is that, like with how much of the movie was shot on location what exactly was shot on a set you know what yeah. i mean like what? Like what? All would needed to be shot on a set that could be the final shot. It'd have to be a building. A building. I mean, maybe they ship. have like a canned set, basically, of like, oh hey, we have enough sand sprinkled around maybe. over here maybe. to like do whatever they needed to do for like Pasana or whatever the name of that desert world is. Pasana. Pasana. I was close. Wow, I'm, I, that was way closer than I thought I was. Quite frankly. Um. <laughs> So like I don't know, man. Like that's really exciting to me. I t- I because like again like there's such a weird like question of like what all could it be? Yeah. Like what all do you need to build a set for when you shot most of this movie on location? Also, what locations could it be that they're returning to? Like are they in the Jedi Temple? Are they on the Falcon? Are they in a ship? What's happening on that ship? You know, did they like? rebuild the fucking Lars homestead and you know like the ending of the movie Dude. is like Ray doing binary sons that or would something be on like that. location too though in theory but I'm pretty sure they did the Tatooine shot at the end of Revenge of the Sith on a set with a green screen like I'm pretty sure they just built like a giant hovel and then they like, had like sand all over the place and dropped a green screen I don't think they went to Tunisia to shoot 30 seconds of footage I mean, it's George Lucas, so who the fuck knows what his budget looked like? Yeah. <laughs> you know, at that point, Fox is just like, here, I'll take all the money you need. We know we will make this back in 15 minutes. Yeah. We will make this back off of the General Grievous Mountain Dew alone. 
Um, not to mention the uh, cereal box toys and the. You mean the light up spoons? Yes. The spoon savers. The spoons. Oh my gosh! I had that's a deep three cut. of them, but two of them were green, so I really only had two of them. I got a green one too. I had a green and a red. I never got the red. I wanted the red and the blue so bad. There's a fucking shock. What's wrong? You ever, like, I'm doing lab work, and my average for these trials just came out to a perfect even three. (laughs) It feels so good. Yes. (laughs) Like balancing a checkbook, man. I heard you, like, drop the phone, and I thought something was wrong. I got nervous, and it was just like, nope, nope, good news. Nice. But, uh, yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. I'm personally... I gotta show you the actual interview itself. I've been somewhat apprehensive about Rise of Skywalker for a lot of reasons. Like, the most of which being, there's just a lot at stake here. You know, it's the the closing of of a saga. And so there's a lot of room to be disappointed, but there's also a lot of room to be really thrilled. And I'm very, I'm very excited. So while Stubby is looking, we can go ahead and take a quick peek at the next article from uh, Fanthatrax. Headline, San Diego Comic-Con, the Lucasfilm Publishing Panel Gallery. So uh, the friends at Star Wars Action News were on the floor at San Diego, and they posted a gallery of images, uh, including... um, a lot of there's a lot of really cool pictures here, so I'm gonna flip through some of them, if it'll let me. Will it let me? Uh, should say we're gonna talk specifically about the that one. Right. So the biggest. Wait, wait, wait. Hold uh, on for a second. Well, well, or not, man. Magic happens down here in San Diego, at least for this weekend, and probably throughout the year as well. But I can testify to these four days. The San- uh, seriously, give it up for these guys. You guys are big Star Wars fans. You've had Star Wars cameos and other things. They're telling me to wrap up, but I have to ask you this before you go. Um, Kevin, can you predict the final shot of Star Wars Episode Nine? Um, and maybe you've seen it. I have no idea. I've not seen it, but uh, but I was on set. I went to to uh, London at one point and uh, visited the set. Then JJ invited me because I had the heart attack. He was like, when I had the heart attack, he wrote me and he was like, you got to pull through, man, so you come visit Star Wars. And I was like, can I be in it? He was like, come visit. So <laughs> I, I pulled through and I was the kind of asshole that wrote him back to be like, remember what you said? And he was like, come on out. So I got to hang out and be there on set. And there was a scuttlebutt about a set uh, there on, on at Pinewood, a big set that they were like, you have to see this. When you see it, it'll melt your mind. And I was like, what was it? And uh, they were like, uh, ask JJ. And so I asked JJ, I was like, they keep telling me I should see the set. And he goes, don't. I said, why? And he goes, it's the last shot of the movie. <gasps> so I was like, well, now you, now I really want to see it. And he goes, you don't want this spoiled. You want to be in a theater when this happens, trust me. And then other people on the crew were like, bro, I wish I hadn't seen it. I'm glad I did. He's going, but it will melt your mind. It's, it's, so I, for that reason alone, man, and as inquisitive as I am and curious as I am, I desperately wanted to go look. But, like, when you talk to the magician, the magician's like, trust me on this one. You know, sometimes as human beings, we want to know how to pull the rabbit out of the hat. But JJ's such a magical magician that I'm just like, you know what? Do it. 
trick me. I'll, I'll wait and get tricked. Even though I could have seen what it was, I was like, I'll sit back. I, I, I like your plan. He's never let me down so far. So it's there. I, I, there are people in the world that know what the last shot is, even if the movie's not fully cut together at this point. I'm not one of them. I think that's beautiful that you didn't look. I want... That was how, yeah, just so you could feel like how, like his emotion in that. Dude, you I'm, hear, like, wow. I'm yeah, so like, you, you don't get the, just from the quotes, how excited he is by this, but he's excited. Dude, I, like, the way, the, with what I'm thinking, because it's the last episode of a 42-year saga, and it has to tie in all three trilogies together. I would not be surprised. I don't know that it has to. Also, that yeah. the, the JJ never said that quote. I don't know if anybody realizes that. That thing that everyone's like, it's going to tie together all, all nine movies. He never fucking said that. <laughs> he never on the record said that this is going to tie everything together. Even though it probably will. He never actually said that. That's but okay. anyway. I, I always forget he did that. He did say it would reference. there would be prequel references in it. Yeah, and, you but know, he didn't the say big like, one he's gonna bring it all together. And you know, the big one being Palpatine. Um, yeah, clearly. that's a definite tie into all three trilogies. But oh, just God, I don't know. Yeah. I just get this sense that I don't. I just I don't know. There's like I have this like weird thing where it's like going to be a binary sunset or some I don't, or a sunrise or something. I don't know. It's it's the ma- I think the last shot could is definitely going to thematically tie into all the previous eight films yeah i'm so but I don't, excited i don't know i mean i'm just i'm so excited <laughs> now one of you guys can take this story because i'm all over the kylo ren one uh um, so leave. wait isn't that what we're talking about well i have like a headline that's all about the kylo ren comic because that's uh, when we got the mo- that charles soul spoke about it a lot this one got yes that. So uh, we've got from San Diego a number of exciting comics coming through. We've got yeah, it was the Lucasfilm um, Publishing right panel. Yeah, uh, the Lucasfilm Publishing panel, a, a bunch of new comics actually. So I'm just gonna say the title of this first one because we're talking about it again later. But we've got a four issue Marvel miniseries called "The Rise of Kylo Ren" with Kylo Ren in the Star Trek font. So I'm not I'm not so oh. thrilled about that. That's I lo- if that's, you look, that's like the Sith font, font that as, they've used a lot. Yeah, as Charles Soule's Darth Vader comic, so it does. It isn't oh. surprising. Yeah, at all. So, so that'll be in December nineteenth. Uh, we've got a bunch of other stuff as well. We've got the official movie special. Um, or is that official? Yeah, the official movie special for Rise of Skywalker. Uh, we've got the visual dictionary for Rise of Skywalker. Um, some kids stuff as well. Uh, uh, a bit that called look, The Galaxy Needs You. That is so cute. I'm buying Kira that one. Galactic Guide looks like a sticker book as well. Some adult comics featuring a lot of resistance material. Also fun stuff here. Um, four issues. Um, it'll be called The Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Allegiance. That's through Marvel as well, coming in October. But whenever you put all four of the comic books side by side in order of release... It creates one big uh, panoramic cover. So that's pretty cool. Some more kids' comics uh, Star Wars Adventures number 27 featuring Chewbacca um, and also 28 as well. Um, the kids' Here's nonfiction. A picture of uh, the visual dictionary cover, by the way. Oh, great. So that looks like a Knight of Ren there on the front. The Sith Trooper helmet, beautiful. 
What the heck is that? A tied dagger. That thing looks awesome. Right? That thing looks awesome. Um, but there's a, a, a nonfiction book for kids called Ships and Battles and sale on sale in December. Um, adult novelties. Uh, looks like uh, the ultimate. The ultimate something up pop up. Oh, the yeah, ultimate pop up galaxy. Great. So there's a pop up book that looks really cool. Return to Vader's Castle, uh, issue number one, on sale in. October, some cool artwork. Yeah, there the, as the well. Vader's Castle ones are kind of like the Star Wars equivalent of like a Tales from the Crypt type thing. Right, right. We've got also um, a Finn and Poe reading book for kids. Resistance Reborn looks like an adult novel. Yeah, or at least Same a thing big for, kid uh, novel Force for Force Collector. Collector as well. That kind of gave me some some desert obi-wan vibes and also (laughs) finally i think we reported on this a couple weeks ago but we've got from marvel uh on sale in september four issues of star wars age of resistance each one focusing on a specific character from um the last jedi i think the first couple issues were already out i think like the finn and the finn and oh right 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 so we've got the next four out We've got the next four featuring Rose, Tico, Snoke, Ray, and Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren once again in the Star Trek font. <laughs> uh, more comics, uh, Star Wars issues uh, 70 through 73 featuring what looks like original trilogy material. And uh, the one that I'm personally very excited for coming uh, July 23rd. 2019 which is tomorrow so i need to finish thrawn alliances tonight tonight (laughs) we've got the third installment of the timothy zahn trilogy uh thrawn treason and again like we discussed at san diego comic-con there's a special edition con exclusive cover featuring uh thrawn very ominously in his sit and spin with his fingers up in front of his face very maniacally surrounded by the silhouette of an army of chiss warriors so this will be very interesting and another kid's book called star wars creatures big and small featuring some very cartoonish uh banthas wampas uh what the heck are those things called the the space horses Fathiers. Fathiers, thank you. Uh, and a Tauntaun, and a Salacious Crumb, <laughs> and a Porg. Just Kauai really cute. Mon- a Kawaki really Monkey Lizard. A Kawaki Monkey Lizard. That should be a winning question, not Salacious Crumb. Yeah. Puffer puffer Pigs, Carillion Hounds. This one, oh, Tauntauns, Wampas. This one's for your grandkids here. Yeah, great stuff. Um, the Galaxy the, Edge tie-ins. The Galaxy yeah. Edge tie-ins featuring Black Spire, uh, Cra- Cla- Crash of Fate, uh, Thrawn, Treason. <clears throat> that was Alliances there. Oh, is this Alliances? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. My bad. Yep, so uh, lots of new Star Wars literature either coming tomorrow or on its way yeah. between September oh, God, and I December. Yeah, I a whole ass fucking book tonight. What? We're going to finish a whole ass book tonight. Oh, that's a little better. 
That's a little better. <laughs> oh, okay. I see what you... Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I see what like, that sounded like. I now. was like... I'm um, not reading a book about so, fucking. So which installment of the uh, Fifty Shades series <laughs> will you be Will you be reading? Fifty Shades of Blue? Great Admiral <laughs> Thrones, like erotica? <laughs> I... That is maybe the last thing I ever want to be published. That is, is the Grand next Admiral, thing I need to be Grand published. Grand Admiral is Thrawn erotica. <laughs> yeah someone rule 34 grand admiral thrawn say Fantastic. my name mithron yorodo if you can pronounce it properly <coughs> at anakin skywalker oh man yeah. <laughs> all right so our final story for today the one that jared is so eager to talk about so i'm going to let him so operate. like we said earlier the uh, the Don, Charles Soule, is going to be writing a tie-in comic for, or uh, that will be released a couple weeks before the Rise of Skywalker, called the Rise of Kylo Ren in Star Trek. Fall. That's not a coincidence. It is not a coincidence because Ben Solo is the Skywalker that's rising. No, like it's le- yeah, it's legit not a coincidence that you know. There's a comic called The Rise of Kylo Ren coming out a few weeks before The Rise of Skywalker. Uh-huh. Hold on, Spencer, trying to prove a point here. I'm proving a point. Um, it, 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 it might be a coincidence. I'm open to that, but... Okay, you're not... Probably I can, not. I can well, see what you're getting at, Spencer. What do you mean, see what you're getting at? Star Trek font equals... Rise of Kylo Ren font. Look at yep. the look at the Y. Disney accidentally used a Star Trek font instead of Star Wars. Look <laughs> at the Kathleen X. Kennedy fired confirmed. <laughs> fired confirmed. That's good. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy fired confirmed. I mean, look at the look the at the same. angularity on the R's. <laughs> Jesus fucking. And how it matches the K. And then look at the angularity of the Y in comparison with the S in Star Trek. I'm, right, I'm pulling. You, I'm pulling up the Darth Vader You're, font for. And then for, this for is Charles proof says. that Kathleen Kennedy no longer has her job. Somehow. Definitive proof. Definitive proof. The sequel trilogy Somehow. is bad, and Kathleen Kennedy is unemployed. This just in on the Do Back Discussion <laughs> podcast from The Verge: Kathleen Kennedy has been fired for clearing a comic book cover in a Star Trek, a J.J. Abrams font. Back to you, Jerry. <laughs> Oh man, it sounds like the title of a fucking quartering video. Um, no news as of yet whether she will make a lawsuit of it. But if we've uh, learned anything from <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, it's that Disney is no longer too proud to say they're wrong. Disney, more capable on this story, of saying I'm sorry. More now. on this story to come. <laughs> I've been Spencer Simpson. Do back discussion. They're gonna do. You gotta do. You gotta pull my my granddad on that one. I love it to lose nine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I've proved my, my point. Uh, all now right. back to the real story. Yeah, all right. Reporting by The Verge. Uh, when Disney released Star Wars The Force Awakens in 2015, its 30-year jump from Return of the Jedi introduced plenty of new characters and mysteries into the franchise. One of those was how Han Solo and Leia Organa's son, Ben, turned to the dark side to become Kylo Ren. 
Later this year, Marvel Comics will explore some of that story in their new comic miniseries, The Rise of Kylo Ren. Lucasfilm announced the four-issue comic series at Lucasfilm's publishing panel yesterday at San Diego Comic-Con. Charles Soule, the writer behind Dar- uh, Marvel's Darth Vader and Poe Dameron comics, will write the series. Mm. And then it has the tweet from Soule. has just announced I am writing The Rise of Kylo Ren, a miniseries comic launching in December just before Episode Nine. You know the one story everyone's been dying to see about Kylo and the Knights of Ren? That's this. You're not ready. Hell, I barely am. <laughs> the comics, the comic series will hit stores in December just in time for the forthcoming Rise of Skywalker, which is teased some revelations into Kylo's backstory. According to Vanity Fair, the film will begin will bring the back bring back the Knights of Ren, companions of Kylo Ren who made the briefest of cameos in The Force Awakens, but didn't show up in The Last Jedi. Vanity, Vanity Fair says they'll bring an element of chaos to the war between the Resistance and the First Order. We don't know much about their role in the larger story yet. Uh, And the rest of this is just background about who Kylo is. Um, Yeah. So, that said, they didn't have the tweet in that story, but someone was, like, freaking out about the story on Twitter. I think it was one of my fellow Raylo stands. Um, But one of... At one point, he retweeted somebody and said, this is the story of Ben to Ren. Hmm. Which, pretty much, just that phrase in and of itself excites me. Like, I really do want to see him. I want to see people finally get a glimpse into just how not well he is. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see people finally get to see him just kind of upset in his feelings, not feeling welcome, having Snoke in his... Yeah, I was laughing about that too. (laughs) And like almost retweeted it and tweeted it at him. (laughs) Um, For those of you who don't know, um, an individual who uh, Spencer and I have done shows with at the Guyer Performing Arts Center, um, a gentleman by the name... He's also... He's actually directing me in Guys and Dolls. A gentleman named Ben Wren. Um... Although he spells his name like Sabine, so it's W-R-E-N. Uh, but regardless, uh, when I read it's Ben Turan, I'm like, and then, hey. and then And then me just like silently like, <laughs> pulling, pulling up, up Facebook. Facebook on the computer and typing his name in slowly. <laughs> I can see him. I'm like, he's pulling up Ben Turan. God damn it. <laughs> um, I was going to make a joke about it. I was like, ah, no one's gonna, yeah, no one will appreciate it. But thank you, Spencer, for facilitating me making a joke about Ben Turan. It's the least I can do. Very talented, Ben Wren. Very good at making baby noises, Ben Wren. Did you see the trailer yet for this? Did you no, watch it yet? that's why I'm... Oh, dude, we can watch that while we get set up for Hall of Heroes. The trailer's so good. Oh, Tom Hanks. I'm yeah, ma- McKenna Martinowski him. shared that on Twitter, and she she was like... She this was is like, the boy from our hood, man. She's like, BRB, everyone, BRB, everyone in Late Trope's crying over this trailer right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Yeah, the, okay. the trailer for the um, Mr. Rogers movie is what we're referring to. Um, my boy. Uh, from, from Four Streets Over. My gang, boy. Gang, um, But yeah, I'm super excited for this. The whole the idea that we're finally going to get to see what pushes Ben over the edge. And, I really hope he's not like... How do I put this without sounding like Mike Dolling? I don't want them to portray him as Legends Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Where he's like 
careening towards disaster the entire time. And it's a situation of, like, how did the council not realize how much of a flight risk this little son of a bitch was? Um, Well, like, in in canon, you get a lot of that from Anakin. You can see that there is an issue there that needs to be taken care of that nobody understands to nor wants to handle. And it resolves in disaster. But Anakin, when you watch Attack of the Clones and then consume, like, Legends Clone War material... He's just careening towards being a psychotic fucking murderer. (laughs) There's no stopping what's about to happen to him. Or in the Clone Wars, it's like, you're a hero. You're a good person. Why the hell did you just do that? You're a good person. (laughs) And like most of the time, it's the good person. Then occasionally he'll go batshit insane for a little bit. I kind of want that with Ben in this. And I really want to see that like mirror image of Anakin. Where it's like, it's the same issue as Anakin in canon, where it's, you know, oh, Ben's a good kid, he's a skilled Jedi, he's he's compassionate, he's kind, you know, he has all of the, you know, we, we've seen from him that he has some of the worst Skywalker and Solo genes in him. Oh, 100%. But I also want to see that when he embraces them, he can also reflect the best of this family. And, like, reflect the um, compassion in Anakin and the heroism of Luke and, you know, the the, the undeserved swagger of Han, you know? Like, I want to see some of that in him. Uh, so, yeah, this, uh, this one excites me the most out of anything that we got out of San Diego for Star and, Wars stuff. And you and I have been through you know, the sequel trilogy together. Like, from yeah. the start, you and I have been riding this train together, and you know how, like, in between I am with Kylo Ren yeah. as a character. Like, part of me is like, oh, Kylo Ren, what a guy. And then the other, <laughs> like... <laughs> Kylo Ren, what a, what, what a, what a bloke, that guy. <laughs> what a bad lad, that Ben Solo. You know, like, I have been... Ever since The Force Awakens came out, I've been saying to you, like, I don't like Kylo Ren's character, but I want to. You know, I want them to give me something where I can either find respect, empathy, or, you know, admiration for him some way, somehow, where I can be like, okay, I'm okay with where you are right now. Because The Force Awakens, I was like, dude, get this Kylo Ren guy out of my Star Wars movies. He's a crybaby, and he's a powder, and I'm not about it. And, like, it got a little better. In Rise of Skywalker, it got a little better. But all the while, I'm like, give me something that makes me want to root for him, maybe even a little bit, even you, if he stays a bad guy. How, how much did, like, The Last Jedi change your mind about that? A bit. He, like, he's... It, there's some obvious maturity that went on in between somehow... Um, you know how you like the, the the number of times he whips out his lightsaber because he's angry. It's like Darth Vader does stuff when he's yeah. angry. Yeah, Vader just kills that people. a good Christian person wouldn't do. You know, yeah. he just murders fucking people. But, but, <laughs> he just fucking kills people. But it's like he chokes it's not, people to death when he so, has a bad day. It's not so thrashy. It's just like I need to kill something. Kylo didn't kill anybody <laughs> in rage. <laughs> He just but broke he, a couple computers. Yeah. Like a child okay, well, who is upset and so they wreck well, their room 
my argument the difference for that, being that Kylo has a cleaning crew, whereas my mom would make me put it back together. Well, let me say this: super much. glue and all. And I've always, and this has always been my thing, especially when you see in the Last Jedi that he is incredibly conflicted. Is that he? I think he's calling on that rage and just like doubling down on it to like try to further envelop himself in the dark side because like he knows that. Is what he's doing isn't right not on like a moral level but on like a personal like i really shouldn't be here level that i think that like when something like that happens between him not wanting to be made a fool out of in front of supreme leader snoke him not wanting to be made a fool out of in front of hux and um because he has them up his ass constantly um you know there's a want there for him there's a one there for him to like not look like an idiot and he's so on edge and he just wants to like envelop himself in the dark in that darkness that he will just he'll he'll fly off the handle to try to like get further and further in because he's looking for moments where he can kind of like hop himself off on the dark side. Right. And like when we and again, I was like, he is really out of control when I saw the Force Awakens, but like when you hear him speaking to Han, you know, I'm being torn apart. I know what I have I like I like like the he like outright says to Han, like, I don't want to fucking be here. But this is all I have. I then that was the moment I was like, he's doing this to himself, like it's almost like a self harm kind of thing, and they, especially like when you see him in the forest where like he's trying to amp himself up on that anger and that like that pain, like it's just that dark side adrenaline rush that he's trying to like double and triple down on. That's what, like that's my thing with Ben is that like, you know. It's easy to see it as whiny child throwing a temper tantrum, but like when you really look at the subtext of it, and that's what I've always so appreciated that's what, about. Give him. me yeah. subtext. That's that's why like I'm excited about the concept of this comic. Is like okay, there's obviously some subtext. Give me subtext. Like I don't like Force Awakens Kylo. I also don't understand Force Awakens Kylo. Give me something that. Like, empathy at the very least. Like, give me some... Oh, I see now. I see why you're a whiny little bitch all the time. And you know That what? is such a reductive way and to you, look at and it, And you though. know... It really but, is. But... It, uh, Connor... Connor. <laughs> <laughs> see, just, he, see he, he dunked on me for all of the Palpatine impersonation no, contest. Now he's running to my defense. I'm just, wanna, I'm just I waiting to talk about this because I have... I, I just... I've thought about this comic. All right, but go, well, but I'm, keep going, keep going. I want to hear. Th- this will be my final thought, and then I'll pass the torch. But like, the Force Awakens, Kylo Ren. I'm gonna say it again. He's a whiny <laughs> little bitch. Okay. <laughs> All right. But as my, as my esteemed Aunt Sheila has said many times over, hurting people, hurt people. It's like he's yeah. obviously a hurting people person. Yeah. Yeah, very person. much so like okay okay but i don't get it i don't get it i get that he's hurting and i try but he just like help me get it you know is it like especially i think it'll depend a lot where this timetable picks up if it's like in you know adolescence or if it's you know eight months before at the very least we're gonna see him turn so we're gonna see like him I w- and luke i want to i want to see that yeah, yeah we're, see that. we're gonna definitely see the temple scene i want to see the inside of his head from a not talking to ray 
standpoint Respect, like yeah. the raw thought i want to see yeah. his raw thought be like okay this I is the he moment was having a couple of raw thoughts when he was talking to ray but okay different <laughs> different raw thoughts okay not carnal i'm talking like <laughs> i'm sorry i I'm had talk- to <laughs> i know you i was did. given an opportunity to make a not did. safe for work raylo joke so i had to i know you did but that's that's all i'm asking from because cause the Kylo Ren that I met at first is not a Kylo Ren that I like. But it was a Kylo Ren that I wanted to get to know more. You know? Yeah. And, you know, that's for no other reason than that is the reason why I want more Kylo Ren material. You have always loved Kylo Ren. And I never understood you. And that was the hilarious thing. It was like, I was probably the loudest, most frustrated person about the cross guard lightsaber at first. Like, when that trailer first came out... The, it just uh, doesn't make sense. Uh, Stephen Colbert, the original Star Wars fan, diagrammed <laughs> on live television why a crossguard saber could work. But it's just like... Uh-huh. My issue was that, like, it would work better if the crossguards were longer. That's what I'm yes. saying, too. And it, but like, and the thing the is, is that it looks like it alternates lengths. So, like, I can live with it. Okay, do you but mean, what, like, the saber or... The um, the actual guard, the the actual guards. I yeah, think the, if the agreed. guards were slightly longer. Yeah. Now, granted, we also realize that like it's not like that for strategic purposes so much as it is for functionality and the fact that the thing will fucking explode if those vents aren't there. Which is why much. I'm saying like if if Kylo Ren is so desperate to be validated as a dark sider because he feels like that's the, like this is my situation i didn't put me here i don't like that i'm here but this is where i am and this is where i'm gonna you know stick around like if he's so desperate for that kind of validation why has he not tried to find a more suitable crystal and make a more suitable housing unit well here's the thing is that like it the sabers like that because when he tried to bleed it, it cracked. So I think that like so try again. I think that's the issue is that like I think Edison man. Okay, I know, but I this is less Edison and more like this is less you know try until it works and you have a psychic link with this kyber crystal, and when you tried to say oh I'm a bad guy it went are you I don't know about that one chief <laughs> <laughs> it went. Are you really a supervillain, Ben? Are you sure? <laughs> and it made him angrier, and then it cracked in half. It's like when you go to purchase something, and it like asks you to confirm your order like three times. Yeah. It's like, do you really want to buy this? <laughs> yes. Like, are you sure you actually like? But do you need it? Oh, oh okay, okay. But I, where are you gonna put it? Yeah, pretty much yeah. the interact. He, he tried to bleed yeah. the crystal. Like it was like. Okay, you feel like your parents hate you and your uncle tried to kill you, but like, do you want to turn to the dark side, Ben? (laughs) Okay, yeah, I know, something, something dark side, and this Snoke guy seems pretty powerful, but like, Ben, this is sketchy. Do you really think you can trust this snake, this like, fugly snake man? Okay, I get you want to turn to the dark side, but if you do, I'm going to crack myself in half so that you need to use this ugly motherfucker instead. Alright! <laughs> okay. I've said my piece. Yeah, like, so that's my thing, is that, like, I... 
I understand what you're saying on one hand that like, oh, if you want to be taken seriously as a dark side or, you know, like use a lightsaber that doesn't look like it's about to fucking explode. Also, use a lightsaber that looks like it's design is on purpose i think right now if you pres- if you like gave kylo the option to make a lightsaber in whatever you know s- standard form you want i think he would still go with a cross guard saber just one just sh- one one that doesn't you know <laughs> pulsate so much one that has a deliberate you know, uh, engineering design to accommodate for a functionally yeah. sound because i think at this point guard. his fighting style has been so dedicated to that broadsword style fighting you gotta that, you like, gotta swing extra wide to yeah avoid, <laughs> well there's that and also you know and this is where you get into like the the narrative aspects of star wars and how like narrative and narrative motifs and stuff like that will sometimes trump like the idea of like functionality yep. that lightsaber is such a perfect representation of his character Oh, it is. Like, I can't think of very many, like, this character has the perfect weapon for them to use situations more so than Kylo Ren. Like, no, Maul's is very appropriate for him. Count Dooku. Dooku's is very appropriate for him. Eggs are cunt. Vader. Yeah, all of these are right. But, like, Kylo Ren's is the only one that's like, hey, I used to be a good guy. And now I have, like, bastardized my weapon from when I was a hero. It's broken on the inside and unstable as shit and could go nuclear at any moment. I, 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 it, 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 that weapon is literally just him as a person. Yeah, it symbolizes him as a person. Okay, That's why I well, like it. Connor, your long-awaited thoughts. Yeah, sorry, bud. So no 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 that, like you got I'm, to talk about Katuni Maria yeah. okay <laughs> yeah you as far as we're concerned you owe us one <laughs> yeah so your girl when Katuni <laughs> okay so when this was announced when I got a notification on my phone about it I was pretty hyped but not for the reason you're thinking of I'm I was not hyped because oh, we're cool, we're getting a Rise of Kylo Ren comic series. No, I'm I'm hyped because my Star Wars father, Charles Soule, is right in this. Comic book daddy. Um, <laughs> My Star Wars daddy. Like, he's... I, I said this last episode, I'm going to say it again. He made me, like, with Darth Vader, arguably one of the most iconic Star Wars characters ever created, I honestly, before I read it, uh, Charles Soule's commentaries. I could care less about him. I could. Um, I really, I or couldn't. Whatever. I just didn't care enough about him. I would participate. I would talk to people about Darth Vader, and I'd enjoy those discussions. But deep down, I knew I just didn't care about his character. And then Charles Soule came along, and I was like, "Here, care about him." I think, boy, the- I did. Yeah, and I think the thing that excites just- me so much about Charles Soule as a writer. Is it like his interpretation of like he put his interpretation of Vader has oh was God. mine before he wrote it, and then like he put that to paper, and I'm like, oh, so like the way I've always perceived Vader is canon now. Like there's no up for interpretation. Like dude, the fact that he took Vader, who had six movies of development and character layers, and gave him even more layers to his character is just absolutely amazing agreed um and the fact that 
Okay, so uh, I just have so much on this. Um, the We're fact that have he's to do an episode the, about the Charles Sylvater. The fact that he's writing <laughs> this. Talk about it. Okay, because Kylo Ren is. Ba- I'm basically in the same boat with Kylo Ren as I am with as I was with Vader. I'm on the fence with his story. I get the discussion around him. He's definitely a complex character. I just don't really care that much right now. But I gotta say, it is absolutely perfect market. This is an absolute perfect marketing strategy for them to have this series come out a few weeks before Rise of Skywalker for people to get not only context on the rise of Kylo Ren, but for people like me that are on the fence to like probably actually really care about his character before Rise of Skywalker. So when Rise of Skywalker comes out, I actually care about his character in the film and whatever happens to him, I will feel an emotional reaction. That's absolutely perfect, honestly. And the fact that Charles Soule's writing this makes me so confident because he's taken an already complex character and he's going to make him more complex and give him a great character <laughs> arc in this four-issue series. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm just... He's literally... Honestly, Charles Soule is the comics version of Dave Filoni. Legitimately. That is a, a high praise that I am going to wait for a couple more stories from him to co-sign, like, but I think you're on uh, the right track. Wow. I don't know. It's just, I, there's no doubt when I read this, I'm probably going to care about Kylo Ren. Like, I'm actually going to be on board the train. Oh, I'm so excited for this. So, because of him. And I will I'm hoping. That. That's what I'm All hoping All aboard for. the Ben Demption Express. I, I don't know if I'll be on the Ben Demption Express, but I will just be on the I Really Like Kylo Ren as a Character Express. That's awesome. Um, so, just because I... I don't know. It's just the fact that the way he wrote Vader was absolutely perfect. He wrote him wizardly. And there's no doubt in my mind he's going to write Kylo Ren wizardly in this series. <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh, um, boy. Wow. Yeah, well, with that, that is all the Star Wars news we have this week. Uh, let's see. Let me think. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the plugs. Uh, be sure to check out the other shows in the network. Uh, obviously you're listening to do back discussion and get some more people to listen to do back g- discussion because fuck those gore and more guys uh, <laughs> uh, but speaking of gore and more if you want to check out gore and more you don't have to um it's a horror movie club podcast that has a really fun interview tj's gonna listen to this and i'm gonna get a phone call <laughs> It's like, Jared, you can't actively <laughs> diss the other podcasts in the network. I get what you're getting at, but you can't do it, man. See, but we, either he's going to take an issue with it, or he's just going to fucking drag you back at all of heroes <laughs> on board and more. Um, or both. Or both, yeah. <laughs> He'll be like, that wasn't cool, and then lean into the joke anyway. Um, but... <laughs> uh, Gordon Moore, it's a cool uh, 80s horror movie club podcast with some really cool interviews in there as well. Be sure to tune into the Hall of Heroes podcast, which is hosted by myself, Spencer, and Travis Grossman sitting over on the couch over there. Uh, This week, uh, this will go up on Tuesday. So on Thursday, uh, be sure to tune in to our extra thick 
San Diego Comic Con recap. Extra. Um, extra thick is the only way to describe it because holy fuck, dumb, um, dummy thick. Uh, <laughs> the the cheeks are just clapping from this episode walking. Um, so be sure to tune into that. Be sure to tune into Jerk the Curtain, an old school uh, wrestling podcast. Wicked Wednesday, which is another horror show, and Down the Rabbit Hole. With that, Connor, where can the lovely people find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter, at Chiquita Banana. Uh-huh. Um, and they can find me on Facebook, um, admin in one of the greatest Star Wars groups ever, the Alliance of Star Wars Fanatics. Our whole mission is basically celebrate and discuss positively about Star Wars. That's literally yep. it. So, you can find Without me Without exposing too much about my super secret fun project, Tao Swift has been a fucking palate cleanser for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've been going through some shit on Facebook lately. Um, more to come on that next month. Um, Spencer, where can the lovely people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Spence Man Cosplays. Yeah, it's 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 not pretty. Um, you can do it. Oh, what do you mean you can do it? I'm up against a Revan squad with Boss. <laughs> My Boss versus an entire Revan squad. Not gonna happen. Sorry, everyone. Just you know, so Galaxy of Heroes. Grand Arena in there. Um, but you can check out my Instagram. Not much. <laughs> just fucking texting. No. <laughs> Not much added recently, uh, except a nice video of me dying in a French and Indian War reenactment. If you haven't already seen that, it's pretty it's pretty good. Um, Jared? But I got a text to back. Obviously, he didn't message me about that. <laughs> where can the lovely people find yeah. you? Hold on. I'm sorry. I need to text you. Um. No, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DarkJedi2552. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter on my cosplay page, New Regime Cosplay, and to like and subscribe. <laughs> to like and follow. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> That's a Holly Heroes thing. Um, I mean, I'm not going to steal it from you if you do it on here, but I'm not going <laughs> to steal it from you actively. Um, but uh, like and follow. Do back discussion on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And like I said, listen to the other shows. With that, we are honored that you have joined us. And may the Force be with you always. Oh.